Hey everyone, Nick here, continuing with our week-long Christmas gift to our Green Rush listeners. Today, it's my turn as the Green Rush team is republishing and highlighting some of our favorite episodes of the season. One of the coolest parts of my job is getting to be part of this podcast, and that means that every once in a while, I get called on to pinch hit for Ann or Lewis if they're away. So, naturally, when it came down to wanting to choose our favorite episodes, I wanted to pick one that featured me. So, for my episode, I'm calling back to when Ann and I got to interview Grammy Award winner and a member of one of the most legendary families in music history, Ziggy Marley. The Marley name is practically synonymous with cannabis culture, so being able to bring him on to chat about his music, his dad, and his own involvement in the cannabis industry was a real treat and one of the highlights of the year for me. Ziggy was incredibly generous with his time for this interview, and I think this conversation is one that all of our listeners will enjoy all over again. So relax and enjoy our conversation with Ziggy Marley. The Green Rush is real. From lawmakers and investment bankers to CEOs and investors, we'll look at how people are transforming cannabis from the shadows of the black market into a cash crop that draws in cannapreneurs from Hollywood to Wall Street. Here to help you navigate the business of cannabis, please welcome Lewis Goldberg and Ann Donahoe. Brought to you by KCSA Strategic Communications. Welcome to another episode of The Green Rush. I'm Ann Donahoe, and today my co-pilot is our assistant producer, Nick Opich. Lewis Goldberg, my usual partner in crime, is actually out in LA at the Cowan annual, second annual Cannabis Summit. So we'll have a full recap of that conference in one of our future episodes. Today, we are speaking with music and cannabis royalty. Ziggy Marley. Very few families embody what the Marley family does in terms of its impact on the world of music, but also on the world of the and culture of cannabis. We usually speak with entrepreneurs and people in the business of cannabis, but we are truly in rare air today as we chat with the eight-time Grammy Award winner, humanitarian, philanthropist, singer, songwriter, producer, entrepreneur, and the list goes on. Ziggy has a new album coming out called Rebellion Rising. It comes out May 8th, but you can pre-order it now. I highly encourage you to check out the title track that's out now. I can say it's most definitely on repeat on my playlist. He's also embarking on a North American tour this summer and will be touring Europe later this summer. We'll have all of those details in our show notes. And now, without further ado, here is our conversation with the one, the only, Ziggy Marley. So, Ziggy, first question. Thanks again for coming so much coming on here so growing up I'm a little bit younger your dad was on t-shirts all over my high school and you your father your family you guys are all really commonly associated with cannabis culture in the US how does that feel to have your, your whole family so publicly associated with the cannabis cultural movement I mean we feel good we feel good because I think for so so long um, the plant has been demonized and criminalized um, and we stand up for the truth you know so that's a part, the, a part of the truth is the truth about this plant and the benefits of it and what it can do for society, both from a medicinal or recreational point of view, but also from the, the hemp side of things, the industrial side of things, you know. So we're, we're happy with that. So can you talk a little bit about Mar- the Marley Natural brand and your involvement in that? This really appeared to be the first time that the Marley family was actively putting its name behind a cannabis product. And, you know, are there any other plans to get further involved in the cannabis industry or, um, you know, opening your own dispensary or, you know, is your family thinking about different strains? Um, You know, I guess, what can we expect from the Marley Brothers venture in the future? We're taking it slowly. We're taking it easy. You know, we're not rushing it. We're just trying to um, navigate the space as, as things will become more clear because as we know um, 
um, state-wise things change, but federally things aren't changing in the United States yet. So we're being very cautious and, and, and be, being very um, slow in what we're doing. Um, I think the idea is to just try to give people um, a good, a good, um, a good perception of what this plant is, uh, and a good, uh, a natural, a more natural, um, a more natural way of using the plant, I guess, you know, in in different ways. So, right. Yeah. I mean. That, you know? And I know that, and you know that, you know, brand really matters. And when it comes to, to consumer products, your brand is so closely enshrined um, in the in the culture of cannabis. How do you um, and your family maintain the Marley brand authenticity? Because you do come off as so authentic and you don't, you know, back products that, that you're not using. And, you know, it's just that's a feeling that comes across. And I'm just wondering how you guys accomplish that. Well, I mean, sometimes it's difficult because it's, it's a few of us have to make decisions, and you know, people each 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 one of us might have a different thought about things. So it's a real <laughs> it's a real diplomatic way of trying to um, maintain one one identity with multiple people's um, personality involved in trying to maintain just one identity when everyone is not thinking the same way, you know. So. Diplomacy, understanding. <laughs> I can only imagine how hard that is with as many siblings as you have. So kudos. Yeah, and to understanding, you. also understanding the people that you're talking to, because the people that you're talking to know them know the Mali. Some of them know the Mali brand more than we know the Mali brand, or have a higher standard than we would even have. So we have to be um, respectful of the people that we are speaking to when when we're um, using our brand as a as a way. Of reaching out to them and be respectful of how they see my father's legacy and how they see us and who we are. So you know it's a two-way street because if we go the wrong way, people will know it's not authentic. You know, mm -hmm. so we have to we use the people as a guide as a guide for us as well. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Ziggy, I kind of want to like shift gears a little bit here. So we have you on our cannabis podcast, and I think it's essential that we talk talk about your comic book marijuana man uh the, the superhero got his powers from marijuana but he didn't get them from smoking cannabis um i got a couple of questions on this so first what made you want to write about uh, a cannabis themed superhero and why did you not want him to have to to be smoking in the book well so i've been a comic book fan from all the record boy my imagination you know i have a big imagination and i always love comic i always used to doodle, doodle around in classrooms and you know, draw Batman and draw planes and stuff. So I love comics. Um, and I always wanted, um, I, I, I always have some crazy ideas, like writing down some ideas that I have. So Marijuana Man was one of the ideas um, that I came up with. Um, and this actually, it's been years in, in, in the making in terms of my knowledge of the plant. Because I think when I was a teenager, I got this book called The, Hem the Emperor, Emperor wear no clothes. I think I forget. Have you heard of that book? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Book, right? like a famous fairy tale. Yeah. No, 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 not a fairy tale. It's about cannabis. Oh, have then you guys no, not... I don't know it. Oh, I don't know that uh, you one. Guys, yeah. So, so that's the first time I was exposed to the different uses of the plant, and how how Jack is Jack error. You know Jack? Yeah. You know, you know that name? Yeah. yeah. I, I think he he wrote that book. Okay. But it 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 um it documents the plant and its 
thousands of uses. And so I was like, wow, this is important. And so with that knowledge and with what I, had, I, I, I was seeing in society of how the plant was being like disrespected and like people calling it drugs and, you know, it's just, it's right up there with heroin and crack and all of this shit. I was like, that's not right. That's not true. And so I wanted to create a, a representative of the plant in that would be a hero instead of a villain, which was how the plant has been portrayed for, you know, many, many years. So we came up with marijuana, man. But the issue with it was not, it's not about smoking the plant. The, the, smoking is, a, is one way of accessing the benefits of the plant, but there are other ways of um, accessing the benefit of the plant. And I didn't want it to be a stereotypical um, marijuana idea. Oh, this guy smokes and, the, you know, it's, it's not, it's, that's stereotypical to me. So I didn't want the guy to smoke. I want him to absorb it in in, in a in a um, uh, fantasy way or whatever we you know we absorb he absorbs yeah, so absorbs the energy from the plant just like how Superman Superman gets his energy from the yeah, sun. Yeah. So is there is it, there going to be know? any? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? So is there going to be yeah. a future additions to this? Are we going to see it uh, as part of no, maybe the Marvel no. universe? See see a movie no, theater? No. No. <laughs> No, just one. Just one. <laughs> one and done. So, um, Ziggy, you have a new album coming out called Rebellion yeah. Rises, and you're kicking off a world tour this summer, and you will have a link to all of Ziggy's tour dates um, and a link to pre-order the album. But the new single, uh, it's the title single that's out, um, is actually really infectious, but also a rallying cry to stand up. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to write that song and who exactly are you standing up to? Well... Song writes uh, as a representation of not any particular subject or not any particular movement, but all of humanity. I see. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a protest song that all of humanity um, can be a part of, regardless of if you're in the Me Too or the, the Black Lives Matter or the guns thing or whatever. We need something that all of humanity can be a part of. And what that is, we understand it as the rebellion against the negativity, the rebellion against the idea of um, the divisiveness that we see in the world today. The rebellion against that is for regular, normal human beings who are not in political powers or religious power to come together and love each other. It is the, that is the rebellion. That is the, that is the biggest rebellion. And so... We speak for all of humanity, not for any specific group or any specific subject, because we still, even though each individual social cause is important, the cause, of, the, the cause that we all must be a part of is the cause of more loving of one another on earth, because that will help to solve many of the problems that we face. So we still, there still needs to be a voice and a movement that represents all of humanity, not just one social cause or, or that social cause, but the cause of all humanity. And that is what Rebellion Rises is. This is what the album is about. It's about the cause of all humanity. I love it, and I think it should be piped through the entire city of Washington, D.C. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with Ziggy Marley. And we're back with the one and the only Ziggy Marley. Another thing that you're, I guess, almost equally as well known for is your commitment to the, your family and to your kids. And 
you've written a family cookbook and children's books and albums and videos. You've been on Sesame Street, like the holy grail of everything kids. Um, and you're a philanthropist and you work with various children's charities. So, and on the cover of your, your new album, is that one of your kids? Yeah. Two of oh. them. You can't see that. There's another guy there too, but yeah. Oh, the is there? Okay. Much, I only was, yeah. I was only able to see the one. It's the cutest little tushy. Ever of, course, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so <laughs> as a dad, how do you talk to your kids about the plant and what advice do you have for other parents about, you know, in the U S as you know, it's, well, it's like uh, 29 states, so that you know, parents are starting to have you know this discussion. So, what I guess good question. How do you do it? Yeah, first thing, my action speaks. I don't use I don't use marijuana around my kids. It's it's not appropriate for them mm-hmm. to be around it. Um, so I suggest don't use mar- marijuana around kids. Um, if you're gonna smoke it, especially don't don't let kids shouldn't be around that. Um, but I do speak to them truthfully about the plant. Um, I tell them it's. A, First thing I tell them is nature, and as as um, my culture dictates, nature is a part of my medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. Nature is a part of how we um, keep ourselves healthy. Um, I also explain to them the plant has many uses and many ways of using it. Some people smoking, but I do make a point of saying that smoking is not good. Smoke, if you put the smoke in your lungs in general, that's not such a good idea. So smoking is not good, um, but the People use it for, you know, if they're sick. Some people use it just to relax. Some people, like for me, I don't drink alcohol. And so I explained to them that some people use alcohol as a way of, like, after a hard day at work, some people might drink a beer or something. And some people don't use alcohol at all. They use marijuana as, as the equivalent of, wow, it was a hard day at work, let me relax a little bit. And so I tell them the truth. I don't hide it from them. I don't hide the truth from them about what the plant is and what the purpose of the plant is and what the uses of the plant can be. Um, so I give it to them straight. I just don't expose them to the effects of marijuana. You know what I mean? Right. Their kids, Makes sense. Teen, whatever, they shouldn't never, ever have that around the kids um, where they could be affected by it at all. Do you, as you see it... Um, except you know, medicinal, how... except for medicine, you know, epilepsy right. or whatever, the right. ointments and stuff, yeah. So, right. so how do you... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Just Sorry. to speak real quick on the medicine part, how do you how do you separate the two, like the 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 cannabis for medicinal when you're talking to them about it, and the cannabis for more recreation and uh, relaxation? Well, as I said, you know, as I said before, like I would say, um, you know, some people who have cancer, AIDS, or some, sometimes you know, it helps them their appetite, let them um, handle the chemotherapy. And the recreation, as I said before, sometimes people come home from a hard day at work. Life is hard, man. People struggling, people working hard to make a bill pay, and sometimes they just want a break from the stresses, and sometimes marijuana can get a break from the stresses. Instead, they take, like, some kind of pill or some kind of, you know, synthetic drug. You use nature. That is what nature is for. Nature has given us everything that we actually need. And if we can find a way to use nature and live in harmony with nature, there will be less sickness less stress so that marijuana is just marijuana is one one plant in nature which is how i how i kind of portray it as it's just a part of nature it's one plant just like mint just like you know any other tree that we use for medicines um turmeric whatever the plant is it's just a part of nature so we do a segment every podcast uh called puff puff pass 
and we ask our guests to tell us two things they love about the cannabis industry and one thing that drives them nuts. Um, and it's kind of a rapid fire first thing that comes to your mind. So Fair two enough. things you love, one thing you hate. Well, I love the freedom of the people are getting from what's happening in the cannabis industry. Um, um, yeah, I think I think that's the one thing I love. I don't know if there's two things I love because I'm not an industry type person. I rather people grow their own, grow their own, you know, marijuana, grow their own tomatoes as much as we can. It's beneficial for us to grow our own um, stuff. I don't like though. That might I, I might have a few more of that. Um, so I'm worried about pesticides. As many passes as you want, Ziggy. <laughs> I'm worried about pesticides. Mm. I'm worried about. Um, not knowing, um, especially now, as I said, it's getting commercialized. It's getting to the point of industrialized, where it's a, you know it's a massive, for-profit industry. And as we've seen in the past, when things become for-profit, sometimes, the sometimes how it affects the consumer isn't considered as much as how it affects my your pocket. Mm-hmm. So you know the the guy that's doing the industry, he wants to make money. So I'm worried about pesticides. I'm worried about um, the over manipulation of the plant away from its natural um, way of being. Um, so I'm I'm not into like people trying to make it stronger than it should be. You know, trying to like do some crazy stuff. So I'm not into that. I don't like that. I'm I'm nature. I'm, I'm, I'm I like nature. I like things. I like the ocean or the ocean should be. I don't want somebody messing with the ocean to make it a better ocean. You know what I mean? I like the tomato where the tomato is. You know, that's how nature went. I like the herb the way the herb's supposed to be, the way nature intended to be, with as 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 minimum of human manipulation as possible. You know, we still need to take care of it and do some things, but minimally. So I'm worried about those things. And I'm worried about the industry becoming just another industry, just another for-profit industry, losing losing the magic that this plant has had for centuries if it becomes just like another product out there that is being sold to people. You know, it, it loses. To me, that, that is not the essence of the plant. You know what I mean? The essence of this plant is of harmony and love and unity and humanitarianism and togetherness, you know? So we have to be careful because we, we can do more harm than good if we're not careful how we, how we go forward in this industry we could just become another product that at the end of the day you know we don't like we don't like the way they do it because again for profit it's you know what do I need to make more money oh right the plants I need to be able to put this thing on the plant I put that to make the plant but you know it's too much just give me nature please just give me nature make I this love plant it. don't turn this plant into don't turn this plant into just another for profit product that you know we go just let's, let's keep it grassroots, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, keep the herb the way the herb is. Yeah, man, not the best way that man. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. At least that's 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 for me. That's how I am, you know. <laughs> Do you grow? Yeah, man. What do you mean? What do you mean? What for grow some myself? I grow everything though, not just herb. What for grow? My food, you know, my grow, my, my aloe vera. I grow, I grow things. It's not just about herb. This, this, I, this philosophy is not just about marijuana. It's about a lifestyle in general that goes beyond marijuana. It goes about the whole thing, your, our whole existence, and how we should 
um, be in communication with nature and grow your own stuff, man. Grow a little bit of your own stuff, whether it be the food you eat or the herb you use, you know, grow some of your own. That's the most important thing. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Ziggy. We want to be respectful of your time. Um, it was such a yeah, thrill but... and an honor to speak to you. And um, we're good luck with the album. We're um, we're excited to hear the rest of it. I've pre-ordered it. Um, thank <laughs> so you, thank you. Yeah, well, good, thank you. <laughs> yeah, good luck with everything and take care. All right. All right. Thanks, Love. Ziggy. Bye-bye. Okay. Now on to an update from Lewis, who was at the Cowan Cannabis Summit earlier this month. I was at the Cowan Conference earlier this this month in Los Angeles. Cowan, if you're not familiar with them, is one of the, the premier investment banks in the United States. And they are one of the few that will actually do cannabis deals. And we had Vivian Azer on about six months or so ago. Vivian is the only significant stock analyst who covers the cannabis space. And this was their big investing conference where um, there were a couple of hundred either super high net worth individuals or institutional investors, people who ran family offices to hear about 30 or so different companies talk about the major trends that they're seeing in cannabis, the difference between Canada and the United States, the difference between packaging companies um, and companies that touch the plant. I mean, it was really, it was really, really fascinating. Did you go to the conference last year? I did. Last year, the conference was in New York City um, and it was much smaller. Um, both in attendees and length. I mean, this was a full day, and I think they could have probably done two full days uh, of these types of, of uh, panels, but I think Vivian would have died because she she did the whole thing herself. Um, but it, it's the quality of the investor in the room. I mean, there were comp- you know people from bulge bracket banks and and uh, you know well well known family offices. Um, who were listening so that they could decide where to invest. Uh, uh, what's going the on? Bulge is, brackets is, for where yeah. they can invest? Um, you know, I think there is an assumption that sometime in the next two to five years that it's going to go completely legal um, and that at a minimum it will be descheduled and if not outright, you know, like, like the repeal of prohibition, at least to the point where if they deschedule it, um, the stock markets, both the New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ will allow for the listing of public companies. That changes the whole tune for these these investment houses because they well, today they can't put institutional money to work um, and they're putting you know their own resources. Um, not that far away they will and they're preparing and they're really trying to learn and and some of these companies are going to, you know, be Amazon and uh, uh, Apple and, you know, huge companies. And some of them are going to be pets.com. But the only way that we you can know is if you start to really pay attention. Who was the, your favorite? I guess who surprised you the most? What panelists surprised you the most? Anything jump out at you? Yes. So there was a panel um, with Kevin Murphy, um, uh, CEO of Acreage Holdings, who is our client, um, Ben Kovler, the CEO of um, Green Thumb or GTI, who we interviewed, um, and then Adam Bierman, um, the CEO of MedMen. And, you know, these are three com- very competitive companies run by three guys, all of which who have really strong egos and sense of self. Um, but if you look at 
look and listen to to Murph, and you look and listen to uh, Ben. They're much more well. They're much more approachable than Adam. Um, you know, uh, Adam has this persona that is, you know, I know more than you. He, it's, yeah, he's seriously a bad yeah. boy. But you look at these two other guys, they're serious financial guys. You know, Ben's runs this family office that's worth billions because of their relationship to Jim Beam. Murph comes out of um, hedge funds where he ran, a, he started and ran a company that had $30 billion under management. You know, Adam doesn't have that kind of pedigree. These guys are sitting back calmly telling their story and Adam is jumping up there like crazy Eddie you know my prices are insane <laughs> um, and, and half our audience will not know what that is <laughs> and then the other half are just shaking their head and rolling their eyes at me which I understand um, but uh, <laughs> you know it's it's just to see these three guys who you know they're big multi-state operators um, and, and the difference in the way that they present their stories um it's indicative, I think, of the the both the seriousness of the industry, and a lot of the immaturity still in it. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was really cool and a little um, pat on your back and my back is, you know, after most of the panels, I would go up and introduce myself to the the CEOs of these companies, um, and and more than a few of them had been listening to us. So thank you for doing so. You know, we really, you know, I know we say this all the time. It blows me away that a large part of my job is that I get to talk about and work in this industry and to see it professionalized and to see these these men and women. And, the, and by the way, some really impressive female CEOs, um, the, the, the CEO of Mary's Medicinals has a great, great story. Um, and uh, sneak peek, we're going to be interviewing her in a couple of weeks. Awesome. I'm yes. Excited. I'm really excited for that one. I think that'll be really fun. Yes. Um, and then um, another person we met um, uh, is one of the only female CEO, or I'm sorry, uh, CFOs in the industry. Um, we're going to be chatting with her. Um, I think part, part, of, part of the value of us going was to, you know, to continue to gain access to the types of uh, guests that, you know, I hope you, our audience, um, likes. And if there's somebody that you want us to speak with, um, we'll reach out. I know um, Marvin Washington, the, the one of the founders of Isodial, will will be on, um, you know, and, and we're really looking forward to talking to him about uh, the social justice side of this. Um, we're actually going to have a couple of um, – veterans on to talk about the the issues that veterans face and how they can use um, cannabis to treat PTSD. Um, so we're really looking for other ideas that you want to hear from us about. Um, because while we're supposed to be having fun here, um, it's also important for us to, to talk about the real issues that are going on in the space. You guys, we just spoke to Ziggy freaking Marley. We may need a minute to recover. We really hope you enjoyed this chat as much as we did. Uh, for all the latest Ziggy news, go to ZiggyMarley.com, or you can follow him on Twitter, at Ziggy Marley. Make sure you pre-order Rebellion Rises wherever you buy music, and check out our notes section. We'll have a link to all of Ziggy's upcoming tour dates right in there. As always, thanks so much for listening. If you like us, please come back and listen. It would be so helpful if you guys can subscribe to The Green Rush on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We want to hear from you. We would love to uh, start incorporating something like email questions, 
uh, from our listeners into these interviews. So shoot us your uh, questions, comments, suggestions. Like, what else could Lewis be doing better? And you can reach us at greenrush at kcsa.com or reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram at kcsa-cannabis. Have a great week.